Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. I'm Andrew. I'm Lee. And this is Whitaker Weekly. Welcome to another episode, guys. Um, how's everybody doing? Go ahead and let us know in the comments. Um, anyways, uh, I guess let's, let's just get right into it, huh? E3 week. E3 week. Oh, my goodness. Uh, such exciting news coming out. Um, the biggest bit of news for me... Um, uh, the biggest bit of news for me is uh, Trials of Mana. Trials of Mana. Um, Seiken Densetsu 3. It used to be called... Well, it never had an Ameri official release outside of Japan. Um, there were some fans that translated it, and the fan translation just kind of called it Secret of Mana 2. Yeah. Um, but uh, Square has officially released the Collection of Mana which has Final Fantasy Adventure or Seiken Densetsu 1 in, uh, in Japan, uh, Secret of Mana, Seiken Densetsu 2, and uh, Trials of Mana, which is Seiken Densetsu 3. And I hold Seiken Densetsu 3, uh, Trials of Mana, in the same regard that I do Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy 6. Okay? I am so excited. I purchased it. I downloaded it. And I think this might be a good opportunity to say that we are actually working on some Let's Plays for our channel we're not ready to go just yet we're working with some people for the artwork and stuff like that um but our very first game is going to be trials of mana the original super nintendo release um emulated on the uh on the switch um and i'm really excited to share my love of this game with you guys um anyways not only are have they released trials of mana they also have oh i'm sorry not only have they released the collection of mana today they announced a remake of trials of mana uh that's coming out early next year so I'm really excited about that. I'm really, really excited about uh, about uh, Trials of Mana. Uh, what other news have, did they have? Uh, I see that you wrote some stuff down. Um, you shared with me the fact that uh, they announced Breath of the Wild 2 is in development. Uh, a sequel to Breath of the Wild is, Wild is what they're calling it. Um, yeah, it's a working title. It, it, nothing's launched yet in terms of what they're going to call mm -hmm. it. Uh, Zelda got a haircut. Um, she and Link are on some journey together, uh, in the caverns beneath Hyrule Castle, or I don't know if it's beneath Hyrule Castle, but that's kind of implied that they're beneath Hyrule Castle in the trailer. Um, but they are on a journey together and they come across a corpse, a mummified corpse that's being held down by a hand. And, uh, and very interesting it, looking. We're going to share a link to the video on our mm -hmm. site. So come visit us at WhitakerWeekly.com, and uh, you'll see a link to the site there. Link to the video. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, mm -hmm. it just it just looks absolutely amazing. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, no, it does. It looks awesome. Um, but yeah, they come across a mummified corpse, and people are uh, there's a big strong theory that that mummified corpse is the the mummy of Ganon or Ganondorf. 
Um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. And other things have come out. They've announced two new characters for Smash Brothers. Uh, they've announced the hero from the Dragon Quest series. And you're going to be able to select multiple heroes. Um, uh, and then they announced Banjo-Kazooie uh, for Smash Brothers as well. Um, some of the real big announcements that I got real excited for. Um, there's um, Elden, I think it's called Elden Rings or Elden Ring. I'm probably getting the name wrong, um, but it's the new uh, Miyazaki game, the guy who headed up the uh, Dark Souls games and uh, Bloodborne. It's He's returning to, to dark fantasy. And uh, George R.R. R. Martin consulted on this project. So... That's, that's coming. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, everybody knows now that... Uh, Keanu Reeves' likeness is being used in a game, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Yes, he is playing a deceased character, actually, according to the lore of Cyberpunk, um, the the tabletop RPG that they're that they're basing their world off of, and they have all the lore for. Um, they are basing that uh, he he is playing Johnny Silverhand, um, who, and I didn't know this, I kind of looked up some information about the character today, but he was a lead singer for the group called The Samurais, uh, yeah. called, or The Samurai. And the uh, the main character, V, and all the concept art they've shown of him slash her, um, or of the, um, or like, you know, just, uh, or videos and things that they've shown of V so far, V is wearing a samurai jacket. Uh, kind of a jacket in in honor, uh, or like you know, a band jacket. But he uh, he passed away. Johnny Silverhand passed away a little while ago, and they've already kind of confirmed that. Um, figuring out why you can see this ghost of Johnny Silverhand is a big part of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I'm real excited. Um, lots of cool stuff coming out from E3. Um, but that, yeah, that one game that's got uh, Norman Reedus. Yeah, they didn't really show anything new for that. Sony's not at E3 this year, but that's that's coming out uh, as well. And what's um, that has the Punisher as the villain? Oh, uh, that's Ghost Recon uh, Breakpoint. Uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. They're doing uh, which, it which was, uh, big name actors into things. Yeah, and funnily enough, Outside Xbox has kind of been one of my favorite YouTube channels. They've been on a kick for Keanu Reeves for a little while. Um, they uh, they made the joke, uh, man. So when does kind of so when does Keanu Reeves show up? He doesn't show up. Well, what do you mean he doesn't show up? You can't have a break point video game or a point break video game without Keanu Reeves and surfing. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's break point, not point break. Oh well, this is the and then they just barely, <laughs> then they just barely barely made a Sims video, uh, where they're playing the Sims Four, the new expansion pack for Sims Four, which is an island pack, and they made a bunch of their cast members uh, in the Sims Four, and then you know their roommate John Wick, <laughs> and what's sad is that they made that video on Saturday, but. Um, EA would not allow them to post the video until. Sunday, um, which is when, uh, you know, it was revealed that Keanu Reeves was in Cyberpunk 2077. And, and so it's kind of made the announcement itself. 
Yeah, he came out. He made the announcement himself. It was great. He was there. Uh, someone in the audience uh, said, uh, you're breathtaking. He's like, wasn't that breathtaking? Yeah, he, says, he says, wasn't that breathtaking? And then she shouts. Talking about the trailer. And he shouts, you're breathtaking. And apparently that guy who made that shout got a free copy of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the guy shouted, you're breathtaking. And then he's like, no, you're breathtaking. And they've already made gifts of it and stuff like that. It, it, um, it's it's the most wholesome it. meme on the universe mm -hmm. right now. But and someone pointed out, yeah, finally they've got Keanu Reeves in a video game, and I'm like, mm, he was in the Matrix. I'm pretty sure there were Bill and Ted video games back in the '90s. Though someone also pointed a great meme uh, showing Keanu Reeves in the Matrix from like 2001 or whenever that game came out. Yeah. Um, it was like the last 17 years of video game develop, uh, video game advancement has all been just to get Keanu Reeves in another video game. <laughs> and then it shows, then it shows him as uh, Johnny Silverhand. Yes. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, Nintendo also announced Animal Crossing. Um, or not announced. They showed more footage of the new Animal Crossing game for the Switch. And they've um, they mentioned that um, in an effort to better promote the health of their developers, they are more concerned about their developers being healthy well -being. Than, mm -hmm. than meeting deadlines. Yes. So, so they decided to go ahead and push it back. Um, as opposed to, you know, some big wig uh, making an announcement and saying we're not pushing it back. We're keeping that regardless of the shape of the game. You guys need to do crunch. Um, so, yeah, I've I've always appreciated Nintendo when it comes to things like that. Um, I remember, you know, they pushed back Zelda uh, Ocarina of Time a couple of years. You know, they said it's going to come out this at this time. They're like, nope. It's not ready yet, guys. You want to make sure that it's ready. And so, and this is before, you know, they could patch games. So they wanted to make sure that it was a good, solid game before they actually released it. Um, I remember being like, oh, come on, I just want to play the game. But at the same time, I admire Nintendo for their willingness to put the health of their developers. Um, so, uh, you know, just, just put that before the release date. You know, they want to make sure that the, their developers are healthy and happy and enjoying what they're doing. That way they can go ahead and keep making the great games that Nintendo's known for making. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3. Um, I, we could just keep going on this list just because of all the great games that you, that everyone showed. But I did see another meme where uh, Sony apparently didn't show up because they're focusing on the next-gen hardware and they're not ready to show it yet. Uh, yeah. Microsoft showed yeah. current games. Yeah, Microsoft showed current games. And then they also talked about Project... Um, Project Scarlet. Hi, Kitty. Um, their uh, their next gen Xbox, which is also going to be cloud based for the most part. Um, you'll still have get a, you'll still be able to buy a console at home. Um, but uh, I saw. I, I think actually it was Jason Jason Schreier. I'm probably getting his name wrong, but he's a writer for Kotaku. He sent out a meme saying, "Everyone else, sorry for not showing so many games. We're really focused on getting ready for the next gen." Nintendo, LOL, because they had a 40-minute present, presentation, and I think they showed as many games as every other press conference combined. I could be wrong about that number, but that's what it felt like. It was just game after game after game after game. Um, man, I love I love having a Switch. It's such a great console. <laughs> okay, uh, so I guess that's it for the news, unless there's anything else we wanted to talk about. Oh, one more thing, anime-related. Um, my copy of Komi Can't Communicate Volume 1 came in the mail yesterday. <laughs> and I've already started reading it, and it's in, it's it's delightful. It's such a wonderful manga. 
I will say, and I actually tweeted to Viz, they haven't responded. I'm not really expecting them to. I'm, I'm some nobody on the internet at this point. But one of my favorite things about the fan translations that I've seen is that the fan translations will point out that the names are puns. Like, Tarano Hitohito, the main boy, his name literally means just a guy. And he is average across the board, okay? There's this one joke where they show the end of semester grades, and some people got really good, some of those got really bad, but him, he got the class average on every single one of his test scores. It's the exact same. So he's not bad, he's not great, he's just just a guy. Um, but yeah, no, it's... Uh, yeah, he's just this guy, you say fine. He's just this guy, you know. Uh no, uh yeah. Uh so I'm super excited to have that. Can't wait to get more volumes and stuff like that. But I do kind of wish that they pointed out that the names are actually puns. They kind of have a splash page at the beginning where they show the characters and they kind of show that Tato Tarano is average, and like they show like this person is sociable, this person is this, this person's that, but they don't really point out that their names are actually puns. That are that's what their entire character revolves around are those puns. Um, anyway, anyway, well, they pro he probably came up with the character first and then made the pun. But anyway, that that's that that's that. Uh, no more news. Let's go ahead and move into three episodes in. All right, sounds good. And this is your pick, so you go ahead and read. All right, so this week I wanted to watch the first three episodes of the 2019 reboot of Fruits Basket. That's Yay! Okay, uh, Crunchyroll has the following synopsis. It reads, Toru Honda thought her life was headed for misfortune when a family tragedy left her living in a tent. When her small home is discovered by the mysterious Soma clan, she suddenly finds herself living with Yuki, Kyo, and Shigure Soma. But she quickly learns that their family has a bizarre secret of their own. When hugged by the opposite sex, they turn into the animals of the Zodiac. Okay. So let's go ahead and just get started. Uh, so the episode, so, uh, so it starts off. This, this show, it moved a whole lot faster this time, it feels. I mean... I've never seen the original, so I don't know. I was going to say, though, that... They crammed so much into the first three episodes that I felt like I'd watched six episodes instead of three. Like, I paused it thinking that we'd seen so much. I'm like, when are the credits going to roll? And I realized that it was only 14 minutes into the first episode. And I'm like, oh, because this is typically where the first episode would end in most other anime. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. So we're introduced to uh, Toru, who... Mm -hmm. um, living on her own in a tent and mm -hmm. uh, has a picture of her mom in the tent and, t and talks to her um, mm -hmm. ridiculously cheerfully. Yeah, she's a very, very happy girl. Mm -hmm. um, what was it? Um, I can't remember exactly what the setting was that caused her to have this conversation, but something uh, the we very, out about her early on is that... Uh, they, they, she hears the story of the uh, the Zodiac. Uh, no, yeah, no. The, the episode one yeah, starts right. off with telling the story of the Zodiac, and then it turns out her mom's telling her that story at bed. 
Yes. So yeah. Mm-hmm. The, well, the reason for that was that she had stumbled across the uh, the Soma residence and found the uh, egg shaped uh, zodiac figures, and then she mm-hmm. had to. And so she kind of flashbacked about um, the story mm-hmm. about the zodiac, and that's where mm-hmm. you know her mom is telling her the story about how the rat tricked the cat into not coming to the party, and so the mm-hmm. cat was disinvited from the zodiac altogether. Um, that rat is a tricky guy because there's like the reason the rat's the first in the rotation is because the cow left early and the cow was planning on being there first, but the rat hitched a ride on the on the cow because he didn't want to walk anymore, <laughs> and jumped off and got there first to be first in line before the cow. Yeah. <laughs> so the rat's a but, sneaky punk in those stories. But to finish what I was saying. Uh, young Toru was so sad on behalf of the cat that she was mm-hmm. willing to renounce the fact that she was born in the year of the dog and say she was born in the year of the cat. Mm-hmm. Just to make up for it. In tear- tears in her eyes as she's screaming to the moon from her bedroom, she's going to renounce being a dog and she's going to be a cat. Yes. That's what she wants. Okay. So, um... Yeah, a lot of stuff happened in the show. A lot, uh, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot well, of quick character introductions. Yeah, a lot of quick character intru- introductions. We meet uh, Yuki and uh, and uh, Shigure. Is the, is his name Shigure? Shigure is the uh, um, the one that. Yeah, Shigure. Sh- yep, Shigure. I have it written down there as well. Um, but yeah. Um, she comes to school with Yuki because it turns out the house that she's that she's seen these little dolls at is Yuki's house. And Shigure's like, oh, wait, you're, you're the dog? I'm a dog, too. Which uh, we know what that means later on, later on in the show. We learn that. But it, at first you think, oh, so he's 12 years older than her and he's flirting with her. Okay, That's creepy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, at least 12. Than high school girl. He's either 12, 24, 36, 48. It's not, not a good years. number if yeah. you're if you're the same year as a uh, as a high school girl. Um, but anyway, um, she's about to leave because she's so embarrassed because they learned that she's in the uh, uh, she's living nearby. And they're just like, wait, you're living nearby and she doesn't want to reveal that she's living in a tent, so she just runs off and goes to school, and Yuki goes shortly after her. Um, correct? Uh, did they walk together in the first episode? I don't they remember. They offers to walk together. They don't show them walking together, but it's okay. odd because they do okay. arrive at school at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they arrive at school at the same time, and sometime during the school day, um, uh, Toru is uh, surrounded by girls who are demanding he follows the school rules when it comes to interacting with the prince. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Demanding that she works. Gosh, sorry. They, they have made a... They called themselves Prince Yuki and mm-hmm. that they have made a series of rules of how to behave around this boy that's a year younger than them that they've idolized. Yeah, they've completely idolized Yuki. They're in the same. She and and Yuki are in the same class at school. They're both. Um, This is a club of second years that have that are idolizing their school prince. Uh, But their school, but uh, 
they keep saying these things like you can't do this or like I, I forget what the rules are. Um, I didn't write them down. They were just silly little things. But as soon as but then her friends appear um, and uh, Toru's friends appear and they're both school Yankees. They're the school <laughs> delinquents yes, they and are. they scare off these two girls and uh, oh, they scare off these three girls. And one of them, um, Hana, Hanajima, wow. uh, she's got dark hair, a long braid, and she says something to them that says, uh, get out of here or I will censor and it says censored you with my brain or with uh, with waves. Well, use my waves to censor you. Yeah. And they all freak out and run away. And this is a reoccurring thing with Hanajima. She's all she's all about waves and things like that. Kind of like um uh shoot, I'm forgetting his name, uh the character's name, but Donald Sutherland from uh Kelly's Heroes. Oh yes. Yes Not uh <laughs> Don't hit me with the negative wave so early in the uh, morning. Uh, look at you. Look at all the negative waves. First thing in the morning, hit me with negative waves. Oh, what was that I want to say, odd, say oddball, oddball, but I don't think oddball, it's, yeah. Is it oddball? It's okay. Oddball. Yeah, he's a tank driver in a World War II movie. That's just an absolutely phenomenal movie. Um, anyway. He's got, he's got pink paintballs in his tank cannon. On accident, it was <laughs> yeah. They they loaded they loaded the wrong shell. But anyway, um, uh, she then uh, the school day progresses. She goes to her after school job and things like that, and she doesn't want to reveal to her close friends that she is living in a tent. And the reason she's living in the tent is because the grandpa she was living with her her grandfather uh, moved to go live with another relative of his. Um, which actually seems to be a fairly far away place while they're renovating his house for the next several months. And so she decided to go ahead and live on her own because she was going to be living on her own at some point anyway, so might as well get the experience for it. Um, so yeah. she... Uh, so hmm? she buy, yeah, so she buys a cheap tent with holes in it that ants can get mm -hmm. in through. A cheap tent, ants can get into it, slugs, there are slugs all over it. Um, and she... Uh, as she's walking home that night, she gets discovered by uh, by Yuki and uh, Shigure, and um, Yuki. Oh, and Shigure knows that she's that something's off with her because he says, "Yeah, the Soma clan hasn't rented out any of this land to anybody but our family for generations." Um, so they follow her, and she goes to her tent, and she's about to collapse because of how tired she is. Um, but she yeah, she's going to go wash up. Leading up to that scene, they find out that she has a part-time job, and she is so hyperactive when it comes to completing that job that it's really easy for the older ladies who share. Like, I thought it's gotten a lot easier since she's been hired. Yeah, there's just two little ladies who are just sitting there just, just drinking tea as she cleans everything else. It looks, um, like, she's, uh, it looks like she's a maid I, at a, or, or a cleaning lady at some kind of hotel or something. A hotel or, or you know, just some place that has a. Uh, that has a big old reception hall or something in it because they're sitting in some fancy chairs and there's like some fancy artwork artwork in the background and stuff like that. Yeah, she's working somewhere. Mm -hmm. She's uh, if, a gallery or a museum or a hotel. Yeah. They don't specify, but it's clearly a place that hires yep. cleaning services. Um, but she uh or has their own cleaning staff, something right. like that. As she um uh, anyway, she uh, 
she goes home. She's about to go shower before she does her homework for that night, even though she's exhausted. And uh, she leaves her tent and she sees the two guys standing outside of her tent and she starts freaking out. Uh, and they take her back to their home. And uh, they're like, look, no, you have you can't stay out in that tent. There's landslides in this area all over the place. And now I can't help but knowing what I know now, I can't help but wonder if the landslide was planned. Um, because uh, so jumping a little ahead a bit, we learned that Ashigure is the year of the dog. He is he transforms into a dog whenever a woman hugs him. And their only real power is that they can communicate with animals. Of the and animals he hears of their type. The animals of their type, yep. And he hears a wolf howling. And he just says, oh, well, I don't think you can go back to your tent anyways because there was just a landslide. Really? Where? Probably not at my tent. <laughs> and they go to her tent and it's covered in, and it's yeah. covered in a landslide. I was just like, and he says, oh, I heard the noise of a landslide. And uh, so either he was warned about it and the wolf told him or he had the wolves do it so to give her an excuse not to stay in that tent. So, but anyway, um, long story short, landslide covers her, uh, covers her tent. Uh, she goes, she starts freaking out. She wants to dig her mother's picture out of there. I need to get mom out of there. She can't breathe. Um, they take her home and All the while they... she's giving herself a fever with how hard she's mm -hmm. working and how. Yep. They take her home. She, they take her home. She's sick. She has a fever. Uh, they give her medicine and things like that. Um, oh, uh, real fast. We need to also. If not, oh, oh, no, we can talk about that. No, we can talk about that later. Um, no, no, this happens earlier. She has a conversation with uh, Yuki at some point talking about how she wanted to become the year of the cat. And Yuki and has, has clearly. Oh, has this is before she leaves change. on. Yeah, this is before she leaves for her job, for a part time job. They're walking home together for a little bit. And then she leaves for a part-time job. But yeah, and Yuki is just, he hates that idea. He hates the cat. Despises it. And it's like, oh, I guess he doesn't like cats. Well, I gotta go to my part-time job. Bye. Um, but she then collapses from being sick. Um, they take care of her. And uh, Yuki gets up. And uh, as she's resting, Yuki gets up and opens the door and Shigure is just like, wait a minute, where are you going? Is that, are you really going to that pile of dirt and getting that for her? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, otherwise she's going to do it herself and just, you know, get sick because of it. Um, oh, so uh, you, oh, well, uh, how about I come with you? Uh, otherwise you'd be alone. And he turns to him and says, or and Yuki turns around and says, alone? Who do you think I am? And his eyes are glowing purple. And all of a sudden there's just this, uh, uh, image of dozens, hundreds of rats in the it, shadows. It, it's a wall of red-eyed rats in the mm -hmm. shadows behind. Kind of, like, kind of like what happened to you when you tried to break through a wall in the death house. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Bit of a tangent. We were playing death house, or I was running it uh, as part of the Strahd campaign. They're trying to get out as the house is attacking them. And uh, Letus has to go ahead and break through the wall. Good idea. A barbarian. Good idea. It is a completely legitimate decision. Yeah, no. And also the walls are described that they are crumbling and falling apart at this point. So you attack it. Unfortunately, as written in the rule books, as soon as you break one of the walls, instead of the wall opening up and there being a path, 
hordes of rats emerge from the wall and start attacking the party. <laughs> so, I should yeah, still be able to bring was... you a horde of rats to get out. Um, yeah, no. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, she wakes up the next morning and all her stuff's there. Uh, all her stuff's there. Uh, Yuki's brought the remainder of her of her belongings. Um, her effects are now in a pair of um, handled paper bags. Yep. Yep. Um, um, and, uh, and on the top of one of those bags is a ratty hat. It's a, it's a p- clearly very old. It's starting to fray in places a bit. Yeah. Uh, off-worn, as it were. Um, and and they have alluded to the importance of this hat without any point during the first three episodes really mm-hmm. saying why. It's just kind yeah. of... It, it's it's slightly more subtle than the arrow pointing at mm-hmm. the boss. And uh, <laughs> it's like, hey, you should be paying attention to this just a little bit. <laughs> in or, in, or, on host high, or on High School Host Club. Yeah. Right. Look at this yeah, boss. Look at this boss. We're not even Another being angle. right now. Look at this boss right here. This super expensive, important boss. Oh, also these yeah. banana peels. Oh, yeah, these banana peels. Uh, no, they... Uh, yeah, there's something very important about that hat. And I have not seen the original. I'm assuming it belonged to her dad. I could be wrong about that. I though. don't think it does. I think it's an important... There's one I... shot. There's one shot. Uh-huh. It's kind of a flashback scene where her mother is talking to her and helping her feel better and then suddenly it's one frame one shot where um she's being handed a hat by a boy that is slightly taller than her at that age so it's somebody in her age group but there's deliberate scribbles over his face i have a i have a theory about that i want to go ahead and talk to that when we get to episode three where they talk about uh or um episode maybe it's episode one no, it's ep- I think it's ep- I don't remember what episode it is. Anyways, um, I don't keep track of what episode is what. Just kind of want to share my thoughts about the show. Um, anyway, she, uh, yeah, that hat's very important. That hat is very important. Um, but now that you bring that up, I think now it's now that we. Well, I think we know why. I, well, I have a theory as to why, um, because they really, really hinted at something. Um, but anyway, they're probably playing up the child, child, the secret forgotten childhood friend trope mm-hmm. of some kind. Well, for reasons, it's forgotten. <laughs> but anyway, um, I wanted to point this out when they've noticed oh. that she's living oh, in a tent. Theory. I forgot yeah. to write this. When she, when they realize that she's living in a tent, Shigure just starts laughing. Yes, just laughing. And they're in from the point where they are in outside of her tent to inside the house before she collapses from her feet, collapses from her fever. He's still laughing. So I was like, "Oh man, oh she good day." But uh, anyway, um, I wanted to point out the bit where I hadn't seen this before, and I had actually forgot. I had forgotten the synopsis when I started watching this. So them turning into zodiac animals, I didn't know about that at first. Um, I did know that that was a thing, or a gimmick in the show when I started. But when his eyes glow and it shows all the rats, Uh um, that's when the show hooked me. Um, That's this game that uh, 
at first it just was kind of this fun, silly show. Um, But then as soon as they threw that element into it, I was like, ooh, okay, so there's a lot more going on here. Good. I want to see this. Um, But yeah. uh, (laughs) So uh, they convince her to stay. They bring her bags up to her room. And then someone shouts out for Yuki, jumps up, crashes to the roof, and demands Yuki of the roof of Toru's new room. Yeah, Tor- Toru's and- having time in the room. They, they're, it's a bit musty. They're airing it out. And mm-hmm. right through the roof, right between, right in the middle of a conversation between Yuki and Toru. Oh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's great. And so, and then. Uh, Kyo, this is Kyo. Kyo has orange hair. Yes. Um, and uh, Kyo jumps through the roof and he challenges Yuki to a fight. He says, I'm no longer the weakling that I was several months ago. I now know I can beat you. And uh, they're about to get into this fight. Um, and uh, sweet little Toru doesn't want to see anybody fight. And so she jumps at Kyo to get him to stop. And uh, this is another thing we should probably mention. Uh, they they know, they said earlier that uh, the prince, um, Yuki, a girl confessed and he said no, and then she jumped him. And then look. he flipped her around and danced away. Yes. Or, or pranced away or whatever. Um, and so... She grabs Kyo. Kyo turns into a cat. Mm-hmm. A full bot, uh, standard sized pet. House cat. Mm-hmm. With the standards. All, all in the orange that is the cat's hair. To- that is Kyo's hair color. Mm-hmm. And I forget, I forget exactly what happens yet, but one, one thing kind of, or next, but one thing hap- leads to another. And uh, she ends up. T- uh, grabbing Yuki and Shigure. And they all... Uh, Yuki they all turns turn into, into a rat. Animals. Yuki turns into a rat and Shigure turns into a dog. And that's how the episode ends. Mm-hmm. The next episode starts with somebody ringing the doorbell and she's holding all three of them in her arms. And says, I've, got, I've got animals! Like, I see that, says the delivery man. Like, can, can you sign mm-hmm. for this? No, no, you don't understand. Yeah. And then the dog yeah. takes a stamp and puts the family crest stamp. The dog stamp. Oh, that mm-hmm. is a well-trained dog. Very smart. And he gets up and he leaves. Um, and once, and, uh, and once he's gone, the animals start discussing amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, now she knows we turn into animals. What are we going to do about this? It's like, they could still talk. They can talk to people. And, what? So, and, so, and so Shigure then proceeds to... Tell her the situation they're possessed. Uh-huh. It's a family curse that every single member of the family is in some way possessed by one of the 12 or the 13 zodiac spirits, the 12 official and the cat. Um, and but after a while, they turn back human. Uh huh. Fuck naked, of course. Fuck naked. And like they say, oh, it's just after a while. Don't worry about it. After all, we all turn back into humans. And then poof. Different colored smoke for each of the each of the guys. Buck naked, of course, and they actually say that. And then yes. she just there's just a adorable scene where she just turns around, flush, uh, blushes, and just tries to hide her face from seeing three naked men. 
she's a sweetheart. She's an absolute, uh, absolute sweetheart. Um, I guess that's putting it mildly. She's a sweetheart, but she's really just this kind-hearted, wonderful girl. Um, oh, she also it's something she does for them. She love um, her father died from sickness when she was three or four. Yeah, they said three. And she, mm. and she was, and she learned how to cook and clean to take care of the house while her mother worked from uh-huh. a young age. And uh-huh. so this is a, it was a skill set that she's had in plenty. And, and she enjoyed they, doing it because she was and, able to help her mom. And apparently, Yuki and Shigure have no domestic skills whatsoever. Oh and so when she, when her fever first spikes, they open the door to the kitchen and it is floor-to-ceiling garbage bags. Uh-huh. Just, uh-huh. Oh, and she says something like... Okay. Wait, a what? A what? A okay? sea of decay. That's right. Oh, it's a sea of decay. And she goes, right? Isn't that a great way of describing it? That's incredible. <laughs> but she cleans that for them and then makes breakfast for them the next, the next day. But before we say that, we should probably say that uh, she goes, like, look, we might as well just tell her the truth. I mean, she, uh, like, rather than telling her just some weird lie, we might as well just tell her the truth. Our clan... For the last several hundred years, every member of our clan has been able to transform into a member of the Zodiac animals. Don't know why, um, but uh, every time yeah, we get hugged by, yeah, every time we get hugged by a member of the opposite sex, we turn into that animal. Yep. So, uh, and it's just her her domestic skills were part of her selling point as to why she was allowed to keep living with uh, Shigure mm-hmm. and Yuki mm-hmm. because after. It was after then I went back to bring this up because after she was discovered, um, Shigure had to tell the the head of the family about what had happened. Yep. And, and then the, and yeah, mm-hmm. um, and so I don't know what specifically he said to encourage this sort of behavior, but the head of the family mm-hmm. agreed to let her keep her memories of this because apparently they have the ability to erase memories, which is a uh, hypnotism is what they say, but um. Excuse me. Um, kind of jumping around a little bit here uh, with 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 the uh, timeline. Uh, excuse me. I, I had pizza for dinner and I'm burping up pepperoni. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, with 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 the with uh, the hypnotism, hypnotism and erasing memory and stuff like that. Um, we have a flashback with Yuki where he's playing with kids around his age, and this one girl trips him and hugs him by accident. And he turns into a rat. Yep. And, uh, well, um, and Yuki's talking to Shigure, and he's just like, look, I know the reason you told her the truth is because we're going to erase her memories just like we did before. And Shigure's just like, no, 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 we're not doing it this time because the reason we did it last time is because of how many people learned about it. We were, there was no way for us to keep it secret otherwise. This time it's just one person, and she's a very honest person, and I'm pretty sure we can trust her. Um, um, and you know, that might be a good sign because dogs are really good at, you know, knowing yeah. if you're a good person or not. <laughs> scientifically proven that dogs can tell who a good person is. Yep. And it's also been scientifically proven that dogs view us as family and will even prioritize our sense over other people. Mm-hmm. And I love dogs. Um, can't have a dog just yet. Don't live in a place where I can have a dog, but whatever. That's life right now. Anyway, um, 
So, everybody, back listening to the- to, everybody listening to this podcast right now, subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. And eventually, we'll have enough ad revenue to get Andrew a dog. So, do that now. Sure. 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 Let's pitch get Andrew a dog. <laughs> Let's. We haven't tried that angle just yet. Let's pitch get Andrew a dog. <laughs> anyway. Why not? Anyway. Um, going back to the hypnotism. Sure. Uh, anyway, uh, going back to the hypnotism. I mean, uh, well, uh, you know, uh, brunette Rick Hunter didn't work. But um, <laughs> going back to the hypnotism, uh, it's revealed yeah. that Yuki's still very upset about it. And there was a lot of people there that don't remember. And uh, I can't help but wonder if one of the reasons that they don't want to hypnotize Toru is what if they can only hypnotize a person once? Because that, I think that she was theory. one of the people that I think that she was one of the people that was hypnotized in that group of children. Mm. That would explain a lot. Because that would explain a lot. That would explain the the hat that they're alluding to that she got it from a boy that she doesn't really remember. Um, yep. Yeah, and uh, it will be interesting to see what happens when. Uh, well, I don't point. know because. Maybe he doesn't remember the hat, you know? Maybe he doesn't remember the hat at this point because he did give her the bags full of her stuff that he gathered himself. So, anyway. So, it could... Huh? It's a generic hat. There's no... It's blue. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. faded and old. It's it's faded blue. Yeah, it's grayish now. I mean, it's... it's, There's nothing significant about the style of the hat Uh that should cause any kind of throwback thoughts to it. There's not a logo or... A brand, yeah. So mm-hmm. clear about it, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like a solid black hat with the word Roger emblazed in black on it. Whatever do you mean by that? Oh, don't you remember the? Uh, did you ever watch? Um, uh, it's Ask not a hoodie Ninja? with the word Opai on it. Oh, Ask a Ninja. Oh, Ask a Ninja. Yeah, I Ask remember a Ninja. that. I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He, there, I there was a bit about a Ninja named Roger. You were referencing. Uh-huh. A bit about a ninja oh. named Roger. Well, apparently they made merchandise for him, and it's just a black baseball cap with black letters that says Roger. Dear Ninja, why do I always feel like that there are a group of ninjas out there wanting to kill me? Oh, oh, there's, not ninjas. there's not ninjas out there wanting to kill you. Just one. His name is Roger, and boy, does he want to kill you. Something so, like yeah. That. yeah. Oh, gosh, ask a ninja. I haven't thought about that show in forever. Anyway, uh, before we get sidetracked again, uh, let's go ahead and move on. Um, so uh, it's revealed that Kyo and Yuki, uh, the cat and the rat, are rivals. Um, they uh, And uh, Kyo is constantly challenging Yuki to fights and constantly losing. Yes. Um, and uh, we learn... He's very single-minded about the whole thing. In fact... Mm-hmm. Um, the next morning after he busted into that house, he still wants to challenge mm-hmm. Yuki to, to a fight, and enraged, he, with one punch, smashes a table in half, and half that table nicks Tauru right in the middle of her forehead. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she starts bleeding, which causes Yuki to become serious about fighting Kyo. I'm going to punish you by actually taking you serious for once, so I can just show you how much better I am than you. And just destroys him. Just yep. destroys him. Just, just 
he gets up in his face and is doing that standard anime thing mm-hmm. where where he's so close but just he still can't lay a hand on him. Mm-hmm. And then he round half kicks him across the yard into the koi pond. Mm-hmm. Um, just and I think and I think that is after the bit where um we learned that Yuki or Kyo got tricked into taking a transfer test. Yes, tell us about that one. Yeah, so Kyo comes into the house furious and he's just shouting and Shigure's following him. Shigure's in a suit um, and Kyo's just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why would you do that? And he says, do you enjoy manipulating people like that? And Shigure's just like, I am thoroughly enjoying this, but it is for your own good. <laughs> well, I guess, because I do enjoy manipulating you about this. Mm-hmm. But uh, he tricked him into taking a transfer test. So the, he's at the so Yuki so Kyo's at the same school as Yuki and Toru. Well, it turns out that uh, that uh, Kyo uh, went to an all boys school, and it's revealed later that the reason he went to the all boys school is because he thinks it's crazy going to a school with girls simply because of their, you the know, risk. if this oh, if God. the risk of being touched. So he wanted to go around uh, uh, to a school with just all boys. That's what his plan was. Um, but to make sure they're all together and probably to keep a better eye on them, they decided to go ahead and have them all go to the same school. Um, in the area together anyway. And even though he enrolled, apparently, even though he enrolled in an all boys school, he hadn't gone a single day in the last four months. He just spent his time in the mountains training to fight. Yep. And this is a way to get him to go, go to school. And he passed the test with flying colors. He didn't cheat or anything. He's an intelligent guy. He just, uh, you know, uh, didn't go to school for four months because he wanted to train to beat Yuki in a fight. And um, so he ends up in the same class as the other two, and mm-hmm. and, and suddenly now the girl who can ha- who can sense people's waves and is kind of mm-hmm. you know, um, in her nature. Hanajima. Mm-hmm. Hanajima. Hanajima has uh, uh, time and time again said that she senses something about Kyo that's just not quite human and doesn't know why. Yeah, and then. She seen, There's now she's some weird waves back. coming off of him. Yeah, and while while um, while Yuki tells people at the school, he may be my cousin, but I've never actually spoken to him. What he says to mm-hmm. people at the school. Um, yeah. Uh, Hanajima is like, they have a very similar wave. Neither it's one the of them. Exact are same one. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's the exact same same wave. They're giving off something inhuman about them or something like that. And that immediately freaks Toru out. (laughs) Um, Her waves are never wrong. uh Uh-huh. She's like, oh, crap. Um, But anyways, um, Kyo is surrounded by people. And they're constantly asking him questions. And him being... The girls of the class are not... He's very, very standoffish. It's not just the girls. There's a couple of guys as well trying to become friends with him and stuff. Because he's a new transfer student. People want to get to know him and stuff like that. And and he gets up to leave because everyone's annoying him. And this girl dives for him and says, hey, wait, stop. And she wraps her arm around him. But before she can get to his chest and hug him, which is what he's afraid of, he grabs her, flips her around, and pins her, twisting her arm behind her. A very painful thing to do to somebody. And she starts crying out in pain. And everyone's like, dude, what are you doing? He freaks out, jumps out the window of the third floor of the school, 
Yeah. And lands, lands on, on the floor. Lands, uh, lands on all four. four like a cat and then just takes off running. Yeah. Um, she finds him, talks to him, makes sure he's makes tries to make sure that he's okay. Um, trying to remember. Oh, and he tries to apologize to her, mm. and fails. Yeah. In the same episode, uh, because Yuki comes in and upsets him immediately. Um, trying to remember and what else after happens patch, after taking uh-huh. responsibility and patching up the roof. He tries to explain to her how, when it comes to Yuki, he is single-minded and has tunnel vision and doesn't see the other people that he harms. Mm-hmm. It's, I, it's even then, he just can't quite get it all out because I don't. He's clearly got something for her. Not sure what, but he he's got some kind of feelings for her. And um, um, Kyo has feelings for Toru. Kyo. Kyo blushes around her any time that he thinks, any time that he's with her. So he's, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's attraction or embarrassment, but it's its just the nature of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And so it, it comes across as maybe he's got a bit of a crush on her, but anytime he tries talking to her, he gets all flustered and he gets all, and when he's flustered, he's angry. And so she's convinced mm. he hates her because all he only ever talks to her with an angry voice. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, trying to remember how this episode ends, well, which leads up to a confrontation because he's out because um, she ends up in the woods, either coming home from work or something. And, That's right. Mm-hmm. And they he keep they keep saying you can't. They keep telling her. No, 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 you can't live in a tent out in the woods. There are perverts out there, and a girl just can't be, is not safe living on her own like that. Mm-hmm. And so this dark figure is looming up behind her, and she's like, is it one of those perverts? And she screams and swings her school bag and lands perfectly, masking who she hit until the bag comes down, and she had whacked Kyo. Uh, and that's when he talks to her and stuff like that and, and, then, uh, and then, walks then, her then, home and stuff uh, um, I, she, she then has a um, she lies and says she was just practicing her swinging and it was an accident and then mm-hmm. she confesses that no the truth is I, she was told there were perverts in the area so she was defending herself she didn't know who was behind her mm-hmm. um and he he then manages to spit out an apology that she she she's able to tell it's an apology. Um, mm-hmm. So she spits up. So he's able to spit out an apology, and then she confesses that she always liked cats, and that she really and that she to wanted to be that she wanted to give up being a dog in order to become a year of the cat. So she mm-hmm. confesses that to him, and it's the first time anyone has ever said anything that nice to him. And so him being who he is has no idea how to deal with it, so he deals with it angry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the next episode, um, a lot of stuff happens at the school. Yeah, they start off playing rich man, poor man. Yes. And... A standard deck of cards that, um, yeah, the uh, mm-hmm. 
what, what did you call her? The what, what's the Japanese word for a delinquent? Oh, a Yankee. A Yankee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the blonde Yankee challenges him, and then uh, basically uh, calls his manhood into question. When uh... oh, they start saying, "Oh, we wanted to play you because we thought you'd be an easy mark." <laughs> she flat out accuses him of being an easy mark. <laughs> and so their two pop personalities clash, and, and so they play they rich said, man, poor man. Uh, loser, loser gets all the cleaning duties. Yep, loser takes over everyone's cl- cleaning duties, and so they play rich man, poor man, and they uh, <laughs> he loses. But before he loses, we see they're wondering where Yuki is. Yuki's nowhere to be found, and then it cuts to the library. Yuki's in the library, and a girl's confessing to him. And he just says, I'm sorry, I'm not interested in dating. And she says, look, I know what people say about you. I know that you're distant, you're cold, but I still like you. Please, can we date? And she dives for him. And he grabs her and pull and puts her to the side. And uh, she runs he off. catches crying. the sides of her head. Oh, yeah, her. that's right. That's right. He grabs the side of her head just like. Yeah. And she's like, uh, uh, uh and then she. And then she she cries and and runs off, yeah. and then he goes and he sees and, and, and she accuses him of you know what other people she tells him what other people have been saying about him and so that that gets kind of rough for him mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Oh, we should probably mention this entire time uh, we learned that Yuki does not want to be part of the Soma clan. He yeah. wants nothing to do with the Soma clan. Yeah. Um, Everything and he actually to... admires. He admires Toru for her bravery, uh, for her willingness to move out and live in a tent. And he says to himself, I, you know, I keep saying how much I hate the Somas and how I want to be completely separate and away from the Somas. But, you know. But she was willing I, to even further. She was willing to live. She was living to live in a tent. But here I am still here, you know. She, uh, and, yeah, and then, of course, Siri makes fun of him for it. Uh, so uh, he, he calls himself spoiled. But anyways, um, and we learn that Kyo wants to take his place. Kyo wants to be in the Soma clan. Um, Except by beating and, him in combat, he'll get that uh, yeah, opportunity. That he'll prove that he's better and that he's more worthy to be in the Somas than, uh, than Yuki is. But anyways, uh, Yuki is walking back to the classroom and he looks inside and he sees um, them all having a really fun time together playing um rich man poor man um and even the guys who you had thought he had scared off because of how he treated that girl and how he ran off being buddy buddy cool with him giving him a nickname calling him kill kill um uh, which just makes him all the more upset um and you know there's still and there's there are girls and stuff around there as well what's that i thought it was kyon kyon like they added the end maybe it's Maybe it might be Kyon Kyon. I don't remember, but it's they call him a nickname and it pisses him off. Yes, it does. Um, anyway, uh, and even some of the girls that you know got scared because of him, they were all there. They were still there because they were attracted to who he is. They were attracted to his personality. Yeah. Um, and in this episode, it is explained that he has a very gruff first encounter with people, but he is who he is, and people come to admire him because of that. Once they get past that first encounter. They know that he's he is who he is. Um, it's, and it's you realize that he's keeping... It's literally like a cat. A cat will be standoffish and 
crass, but if a cat graces you with its presence, you will appreciate it. You're not going to kick a cat away. So this cat's going to be standoffish at first, but if it decides to come near you, you're mm -hmm. not going to. Sorry, I was, I was just looking at my own cat who's asleep on the floor because there's no spot on my lap right now. But uh, I just want to apologize to all the cat lovers out there for the personal attack that my brother just sent on you. <laughs> I'm joking. Been what am I talking about? Yeah. You just said that cats are standoffish and all these horrible things about cats. Come on, it's a joke these days. Everybody knows like that cats are like this. Even cat lovers know cats are like this. Toby's not standoffish. Toby's psychotic. Toby is playful. Toby is playful. Um, anyway. Uh, anyway. Um, so uh, Yuki then realizes what the girl was saying is right, that he distances, distances himself from people. Um, on the way home, uh, after, um, after Toru leaves work for the day, she sees Yuki there to walk her home. And again, he says, it's super late at night. A girl can't be walking home by herself at this time. So I came here to walk home with you. And she's grateful for it. She says something that embarrasses him. I don't remember what it is. Um, but as she's talking to him, uh, she she notices that he's upset. Oh no, she that's what she says. She says, "Oh, thank you so much. You and Kyo are such nice people," yeah. and that upsets Yuki. Yeah, and she speak. says, and then she says, "Please, if there's," she notices that he's upset, and she says, "Please, if there's anything that's upsetting you, I want you to talk to me about it. Please, just open up and tell me what's going on." Yeah, she says, keeping her him. distance from him. She says this to him. While they're crossing a bridge. No. She says this to him right before she gets run into by a drunkard that pushes her into him, turning yes. him into a rat. Yes, they're outside. They, they, they had met at uh -huh. school. They had gotten outside. And they were... They, I want to say they were near or on a bridge. And then he opens up to her while they're on the bridge. Right. So at least that's what I remember. But the, she... She opens up. He opens up to her while they're on a bridge, and he tells her about the time when he played with all these kids, and they all got their memories erased because of an accident, um, because a little girl accidentally hugged him, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, and she, uh, well, she she's listening this entire time, um, and she realizes that he he starts talking about how easy it is for Kyo to make friends or kill to be close to people. Whereas he joined this school to get away from the Soma family, to show that he's not afraid of being around people of the opposite sex, that it doesn't bother him. But he realized the entire time he's still emotionally keeping himself closed off to people. And he talks about how he's jealous. And you you point, you point wanted to point that out as well. Yeah. So, yeah, so this, I mean, it was made clear How the two characters are two moment, opposites of the same coin. Yeah, it was made clear every moment of the first few episodes that how jealous Kyo is of Yuki's position. And then when we're, it's revealed how jealous Yuki is of Kyo and how annoyed he is by Kyo's jealousy of him, mm -hmm. like, you have everything that I want. Stop coveting what I have. Uh-huh. And so that's, that's the situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they're both jealous of each other. But yeah, so but the turn of events was he's waiting for her at the school, 
They're walking down the street, and she asks, she asks passionately with, with the, the Japanese tone of, you shout when you're serious. Mm-hmm. Um, that that uh, Yuki share his problems with her. Mm-hmm. Because they want, they want to become closer to him and become closer friends. And that's when the drunkard says, oh, look at these two kids flirting. And it's like, would you two stop something and go home already type thing? And stumbles into her, who stumbles into him, turns him into a rat. And, and she's holding his clothes and while drum, he's And walking. the drums just walk on by. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they're walking down the bridge, and that's when he's telling her about all these problems. And mm-hmm. then the typhoon hits, and it's not clear whether or not water speeds up the process of turning back human, but the first raindrops seem to be... And now, Puppa Smoke, here he is naked in the rain. Yep. Naked in the rain. And she, and the entire time she was holding his clothes for him, yeah. uh, she had folded them nicely and she was holding them. And he was walking like an anthropomor- anthropomorphic rat, <laughs> just on his hind legs as he was talking and opening it up with her. Um, and she, there's this great scene. I don't exactly remember, remember where this falls in, in the episode, but there's this great scene where she just says, well, she's got this mental image of the two of them finally coming to agreement, finally coming to understand each other. And it's like, it's even drawn as if it's like, it, we will it's be best drawn where it's kind of it's like mocking. a girl's perfect it's, imagination. They have like the sparkly eyes and things like that, that you'll see in some shoujo manga and stuff like that. Um, or at least in artwork, that's kind of poking fun at shoujo manga. And they shake hands at during the sunset. And then she and then she pops up blushing, thinking, oh, yeah, no, uh, that's never going to happen, <laughs> type thing. Like, that, that's actually kind of worse. Yeah, and she's like, oh, yeah, no, mm, that's worse. Uh-uh, no, 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 let's stick with how it is. Um, but anyway, they get home, um, and uh, they're both soaking wet. Both soaking wet. And mm-hmm. he, then they find out the news that it was a typhoon that it hit, and so it's going to get worse. So he grabs a tarp and runs, and... Uh, and oh. Toru doesn't know what's going on. It turn, turns out that Yuki, which something he calls a secret base, is a uh, a garden. Yeah, and he and invited her to this secret base um, in a previous episode. Said maybe I'll take you to it sometime. And she get she gets super excited. And there's this child. In, yeah, she gets stars in her eyes as at she this imagines. crayon drawing that appears in her back yes. <laughs> in her head. Like secret cannon on top, secret door, secret toilet, secret bedroom, window. just a uh, secret window. It's it's like very much a child's drawing of what a secret base would be. Uh, it was, uh, it was it's, a, uh, it's a garden. Mm-hmm. And oh, so, yeah. So they're talking to each other even more as they're, you know, tarping down the garden and trying to get things. Mm-hmm. And she talks about and she talks about how incredible he is and lets him see how incredible he is in her eyes. Um. We also forgot to kind of mention this. Uh, oh, um, they Sorry, decided that it, at school they decide they're deciding what they're going to do for the cultural festival. Yes, and they decide they're going to go ahead and uh, sell onigiri. They're going to make an onigiri stand, which is Japanese rice balls, um, otherwise known as hamburgers in certain uh, or donuts, I should say. I, they they call them donuts in the original American release of Pokemon, even though it's very clearly a rice ball that they're eating. Um, uh, Pokemon and their inability to accept that people eat Japanese food. Oh, no, like it's even worse in the Phoenix Wright games. It's so oh, bad. I'm sure it is. Yeah, yeah. 
I need to send you a comic that was done by Awkward Zombie, where he's just like, mm, yes, San Francisco, truly the greatest city in all of um, in all of this United States of America. As he's wearing a kimono, looking outside of a window, and he sees Tokyo Tower and Mount Fuji. <laughs> yeah. And it was a comic making fun of just the incredibly hilarious localizations. <laughs> like, here, sit down, have lunch underneath our traditional American kotatsu. Something about this seems wrong. Well, really? Well, hold, pull up and just eat your lunch, uh, Apollo. Come, eat your hamburgers as they're eating sushi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, it's weird, but I yeah. uh, I love awkward zombies so much. Anyway, um, they uh, so um, anyway, they, they so spend the night covering the up. covering the garden in a tarp. The next morning, they pluck pluck up some fresh chives that are ready to be uh be um cooked used, and so she spends the morning making well, practicing well, making onigiri. Before that, before that, just just really quickly. And this is just uh, this is just a cinematic trick that was just a little too over the top for me, but um, what's his mm -hmm. name? After all the complimenting of Hawk, of uh, that Toru gave Yuki, and after plucking up some of those uh, uh, the leeks that mm -hmm. uh, they had grown, the chives that they had grown. Um, Toru pays one last compliment to Yuki or in some way, and Yuki gives her a his first genuine smile right That's as the right. sun rises right behind him. And so it's just this bright yellow flash of mm -hmm. a smile. And it's just mm -hmm. kind of the silly, glorious moment. Like, yeah. I think that's the first time I've ever seen him genuinely smile. If I could mm -hmm. get him to do that at school, I'm sure he'd make lots of friends. Oh, yeah. And sunrise in Japan is super early. Like, it's really early in Japan for sunrise. Um, as opposed to here in Utah, where, you know, we're used to the sun not coming over the mountains until 7.30 or something like that. But in Japan, you know, it's especially during the summer, it rises really early. Really oh, yeah. early. Um, but, yeah, so they go back to the house, and she's making, she's making onigiri. And, uh, and, uh, Kyo walks in, yeah, so realizes that she's been... What's that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. She's been making onigiri ever since they got back type thing. Um, these rice balls. And he just... Kyo walks up and is impressed that she's been making these rice balls. And he decides to try one. He eats one and goes and washes his mouth out because it's filled with chives. Fresh chives. And chives have a strong flavor, especially if you have fresh ones. Yeah. And hello, kitty. Hi. Uh, he decided to go ahead and take up room on my desk. What's that? It's a bitter root. It's it's a seasoning. Yeah, it's a seasoning. It's strong. I've got I've got a jar of freeze dried chives on my uh, spice shelf, and you don't need much to get a nice strong flavor. Um, and so these are fresh chives inside of onigiri, and it turns out he hates chives. He just hates the flavor. And so he's like, you know what, whatever, I'm just going to make my own. And so he makes his own rice ball. She compliments him on his ability to make a really nice rice ball. Yeah, he um, does it and really, very easily. He does it very quickly, very easily, and he starts eating it himself. And then he uh, he goes and he sits down. And then Yuki comes in and he says, good morning, wait, have you been making, like, did you even sleep after that? She's like, nope, I had too much to do. So uh, here we are, I'm just making these, practicing them, 
making some onigiri for our, for the cultural festival. Yep. And she uh, and he notices that one of these onigiri is half eaten. And she's like, oh, it's okay. He doesn't like chives. It, it turns out he doesn't like chives. It's fine. And Yuki, who knows exactly what she went through so they could have those fresh chives that morning, goes over to Kyo, grabs his head, and shoves it in his mouth. Plugs his nose. To Plugs his it, nose. Holds him by yeah. the nose to force his mouth open and shoves this chives into his mouth. Yeah. He's just like, no, with well, what she went through, you are going to respect the fact that she made this. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you like it or not. For that moment, there mm-hmm. is a moment of silly pontificating that Toru does. It's very mm-hmm. insightful, but she realizes, like, so everybody, everybody has a plum on their back. The plum being the ideal um, center of a... Uh, of a um, onigiri. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, depending on the onigiri you're making, but yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so everybody has these, this delightful core to themselves, but it's on their back and they can't see it. Only other people can see it. Everybody else just thinks of themselves as this plain white rice bowl. They can only see themselves from the outside. They don't see what's really special about themselves. They only see what's special about mm-hmm. other people. And so she goes into this pontificating moment, and Kyo's mm-hmm. like, that is really sweet, mm-hmm. and the stupidest analogy I ever heard. And she's like, oh, wait, may- maybe I should have gone with octopus, or, or, or something else. Or salmon, because like, no. you like salmon. Salmon, because you like salmon. And, but then he says, and that's- you, have a, you have a great, um, you've got a, you, you have um, a plum, too. You have a plum as well, and that embarrasses her. But yeah, that's when Yuki comes down. Oh, really? Real, a very, yeah. very tiny one. A very, very tiny one, yeah. Like, oh, um, this is the best kind. And then the episode ends with this girl showing up, hiding behind a tree, saying, are you oh. Honda Toru? Yeah. And she's very, very shy. Very, very, well, I don't know, shy, no, but no. kind of scared. How, how the episode ends was... Before that, they uh, she's leaving work, and one of the one of the people who we, who's associated with a rabbit in the ending credits is sitting in the lobby where she's leaving, mm-hmm. and Toru is so busy thinking about what she's doing, she's not paying attention to the stairs she's going down, falls down the stairs, and then just laughs it off, and um, at, at the place where she works. I'm pretty sure this. I'm pretty sure that's earlier. It's, I don't think that's the very early. end. It's not yeah. the very. It's, it's leading up to it. So they're, they okay, introduce okay. the bunny girl, who laughs at her for falling down, and then sees her name, and then tries to talk to her, but is speaking in a foreign language, which she assumes mm-hmm. is English, and it's not. It's very Scandinavian, if anything. It's uh, pretty sure it's German. That's what it sounded like to me. Uh, but then she gives her a kiss on the cheek. Like, which freaks Toru out, obviously. <laughs> and, and, and Toru drops a flyer to the uh, school festival that she's been prepping mm-hmm. the, these halls for. Mm-hmm. And the way the episode ends is the girl who I think is the fox, based on the ending credit sequence, mm-hmm. is there deeply blushing and is asking if Kyo is around. Yeah, yeah. And, and I... Episode. um. 
and that yeah that's when the episode ends and according to the description of the next episode this girl is very the, the fox or whatever her name is 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 actually in love with kyo and she thinks uh and she's jealous of um of of toru because thinking that they're thinking that they're lovers or something like that uh, so yeah something like that anyways yeah so that's the first three episodes um i liked it i liked it a whole lot i can see why it was uh it was beloved um back in the day um you know so many people just talk about the show it was one of the few like there wasn't a ton of anime that people had in the 90s but this was one of the ones that made the rounds um, I just never had the chance to watch it. I know plenty of people who did and swear by it. They love it. Um, from what I've heard about this one, it's very different than the first one, um, but it's still really good. So, so yeah, what are your thoughts? It's very interesting. Um, I don't mind it. It is a bit... Uh, I, it is a bit... I'm not sure. Um Mm-hmm. I mean You don't know if you're you don't know if you're gonna watch more? Well, I've got so much on my plate right now that I'm mm -hmm. not sure I'm gonna try try to watch more. I mean Okay. Maybe. It, it's it's a maybe for me. It's not a no, mm -hmm. but with everything else that I've been trying to finish. Um mm -hmm. we'll see. Oh. I adore and I I want to see, and it says season one. Like in the opening credits, it says season one. So obviously they're going to do more. But I really want to see, because obviously it's a love story. Yeah. It's a love story, I want to say, being between Toro and Yuki. Um, but uh, I want to see how on earth they figure out how to have a relationship, especially a physical relationship, when he turns into a rat every time she hugs him. Right. And not even when she hugs him, it's like when she when she comes to contact with his chest area. Because when when um Shigure turned into a dog, she just kind of fell onto him. She wasn't her arms weren't around him or anything. Right. So, so how they define mm -hmm. hug is pretty loose. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, I liked it. I liked it. I'm definitely gonna go ahead and watch more. Um but yeah, so that's it for that show. Next week, we're going to be watching a show that I've already seen all the episodes for, <laughs> except for, I think, the most recent one. Doug told me about this a while ago, and I, I went ahead and I watched it. Um, but after I was watching, I was like, this is something that Lee, Lee needs to watch. Okay. Wise Man's Grandchild. Not enough people online are talking about this one. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a good one. It's really worth it. Says here, so, and this is the synopsis, once again, taken from Crunchyroll. A young man dies in a car accident and is reborn in a magical new world. The old, yet wise Merlin finds the boy, names him Shin, raises him from infancy, and teaches him combat and powerful magic along the way. Fifteen years later, Shin is ready to travel the globe on his own, but Merlin forgot to teach him something major. Common sense. That sounds amazing. Yeah, and uh, he... I'll just go ahead and say this real fast. He's able to apply our world's science to their world's magic and do incredible things with it. Um, it reminds me of the blue-haired girl from Gate reading a chemistry book and then being able to use her spell to move an entire lake of water. Yeah. 
Yeah, imagine something like that. Um, but this is a comedy. This is very. There's some serious elements to it, but it is very. It's very lighthearted. It's very much a comedy. When you throw a main character without common sense into our a modern world situation, mm -hmm. yeah. You're well, have... he doesn't realize how special and how powerful he is. Every time he casts a spell and he sees people's reaction to it, he's like, wait, is is that really that incredible? So, yeah, just watch it. I can't wait to talk to you about the first three episodes, and I can't wait for people to listen in. But, yeah, it's great. It's a fantastic show. Um, and, yeah, we're going to go ahead and watch that for our next three episodes in for next week. Great. All right, that's it for three episodes in. Now we've got Recommendation of the Week, and it's your turn. And this week, I was going through a list of anime that I'd seen, and ones that I could uh, that I remembered watching. Um, and mm -hmm. I was going to recommend uh, Duel, but I didn't remember enough of it to really give a good strong synopsis. Okay, so I have to try to find it again before I give it another recommendation. Uh -huh. um, but this week, I'm going to recommend Interviews with Monster Girls. Okay, um, it's a that's on my to read list. Yes. It's, it's a uh, it's a harem ish anime where it's the if the protagonist is a teacher at a school where monster girls are students and some teachers are also monster girls, mm -hmm. and they're uh, and and he's trying to get to know them a bit more. Um, one of the girls is a uh, a snow woman. She looks perfectly normal, but has no body temperature and absorbs. Mm -hmm heat from other people by touching them. She's incredibly uh -huh. cold to touch. Uh, one of the girls is a vampire and actually likes being with somebody cold. Jeez, okay. Uh, but <laughs> the cutest the cutest one is a Dolahan. It's a girl, it's a headless horse girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what Dolahan is. Yeah. Uh -huh. so, so, and she's got this like green light coming out of the base uh -huh. of her neck and out Neat. of the bottom of her head. And so you know, there's scenes where her head is on a pillow on the shore of a pool while her body is swimming back and forth. That's awesome. Yeah, I that's on my to-read list. I really want to read it. I don't know if I'll have time to watch it, but uh, I've heard nothing but great things about it. I've heard nothing but great things about it. Uh, okay, uh, so it's... What's that? It seems pretty adorable. Cool. Um, creator, shout out. It's my turn. Uh, and this week, I'm going to go ahead and shout out to Duck Lord Ethan. Um... <laughs> I could not find Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram for this guy. I only found him on DeviantArt. I shared his work with you before while we were on break. This is the guy who drew My Marvel Academia, where the main character is Peter Parker. And it's just incredible, the artwork that this guy has created. Um, he's kind of taking a break from making new stuff from it, and that's fine. You know, he can draw whatever he wants. Um, but yeah, it's just it seeing Marvel characters in the My Hero Academia style is so awesome. There's this amazing shot. You remember the shot where um, All Might and the Nomu's fists meet as they're punching? Well, All Might is Iron Man, uh -huh. and the Nomu is one of the Sentinels from A Days of Future Past, Ooh. one of the futuristic ones, the ones that shape shift. Yeah, okay. and it's just the two of them punching in in that arena that they're in. It's such a cool shot. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, I can't help but recommend it enough. Um, just go check out his artwork. Go ahead and follow him on DeviantArt. This guy's just incredibly talented. 
Once again, the link will be on our website. Come to whatever yep. we uh, we'll, It will be on the website. Um, and if we have Twitter, YouTube, uh, if we find other things for them as well, we'll go ahead and link those. But for now, the only thing I can find is DeviantArt. If any of our listeners out there know any more handles this guy goes by, ways that we can contact him and let him know that, you know, we talked about him because we love his stuff, um, let us know and we'll go ahead and add those links as well. Okay. All right. Well, that just about does it for another episode. Uh, a little bit longer than last week, but that's okay. We had a lot, lot to talk about with that show. Um, but thanks so much for listening in this week. If you listened in on YouTube, please feel free to like this episode and subscribe to our channel. If you like what we do uh, and want to support us, please spread the word of our podcast and you know, go ahead and, uh, you know, just let people know about us. That's easily the best way for uh, word of mouth is easily the best uh, kind of advertising that the, there is out there. And where can they find us on social media? Our website, WhitakerWeekly.com, currently has the links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, and YouTube channel. We encourage all our listeners to follow us on the social media platform of their preference. And if there's one we're not on yet, please reach out to us on one of the ones we've mentioned, and we'll broaden our scope to include you. Okay. Well, I want to give a shout-out to Ben Coombs for providing the artwork for us. And another shout-out to Brazmataz for his song, Folk, which we use for our opening and closers. All right, well, that's it for another week. I've been Andrew. And Lee. And this has been Whitaker Weekly. You guys have a great week.